Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a pen and a napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to another episode of The Coaching Staff, episode number seven. And this week, myself and my main man, Mr. Tony Davis, are going to be talking about pre-season scrimmage ideas, different ways that you can have scrimmaging without having it just be the same old, same old thing and having different purposes and different concepts and different identities to break up the monotony of the preseason. So, uh, Coach Viss, are we are we ready to roll here this fine? Well, we're recording this on a Sunday evening. How are things in eastern Iowa after the Iowa offense exploded for 14 points this weekend? You know, but I, I, I watched the game a little bit. I'm not a I'm not a big Hawkeye fan, but I watched the game a little bit. I, in all honesty, I feel like they are taking their small steps, but I feel like they're taking some steps forward offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in Michigan, I think is is a tough team. They'll they'll have a chance to make it to that playoff deal at there at the end and compete for a national title. Uh, but I think things are okay. Uh, the big domino that fell a little while ago. Paul Christ out at Wisconsin. I saw that. I just, you know, a few minutes before we uh, started uh, recording here, I, I just saw that on ESPN.com. Yeah. So um, just, man, you know, the Georgia Tech got, coach got let go, obviously, here in Nebraska. There's an interim coach. Uh, Herm Edwards got let I mean, it just it keeps happening earlier and earlier. And earlier. It's starting to feel like Premier League soccer. Yeah, you know, and you, you take a look, and I thought Paul Chris, not only that he was untouchable, but I, I, you know, he's. I think they said he was fifteen and ten in his last twenty-five games, as in different things there. And I'm sure Wisconsin had higher hopes than than what they've been competing at so far. And maybe they took a look at, you know, Nebraska seems to maybe have kind of turned things around under their interim coach, mm-hmm. you know, and so maybe they think that's that's the route to go. I don't know, but I was I was very surprised on this one. Sixty-seven and twenty-six. Won ten games in four of his first five seasons, um, but then during the COVID year they went four and three. Last year um, they started slow, um, but they finished nine and four. Um, but then this year they're two and three, and they've they've gotten embarrassed two or three different times. Lost to Washington State, Illinois thumped them pretty good yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just uh, I don't know. It's just it's just a changing, changing world. Now he's going to be okay. He's he's owed over sixteen million dollars, so yeah. you know uh, he's going to be able to meet the the mortgage payment here. Um, kind of reminded me of when you know they told Ed Orgeron they would pay him you know his seventeen million dollars or whatever, and he's like, "Which door do you want me to walk out of?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it sounds a lot like a teacher's salary, doesn't it, Tony? Oh, pretty close. Yeah, you know, I, I think I make in that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, your your accountant keeps track of that all, doesn't he? Yeah, I leave that to him. Yeah, exactly. So, well, let's get let's get down to it here. Let's talk a little preseason scrimmage idea. You know, uh, last week we talked about you know just you know building up towards the the start of the season, uh, and as soon as we got off air, we started talking about. Uh, what we wanted to talk about this week, and the first thing that kind of came out of both our mouths was, uh, you know, pre- different ways of scrimmaging in the preseason, and uh, you know, just changing it up from the typical. Well, let's play five on five to eleven uh, by ones and twos. You know, some different ways to make your players think a little bit differently about the game, um, and 
accomplishing different things, uh, you know, forcing players to make adjustments on the fly, so forth and so on, making them think a little bit. And so, Tony, I've got one, two, three, four, five. I got kind of five different, five or six different ideas for a five on five. And, and then I have my favorite preseason scrimmaging idea that I'll save for for last year. So, uh, do you want do you want me to start, Tony, or, or do you want? Yeah, to go? it sounds like you've got yours ready to roll. I've got, you know, I, I have some too, and I would love to tell you that they're mine. But you know, I, I'm one of the best thieves on Twitter, yeah. and uh, saw this one that uh, I don't know how to say his last name. I think it's Aberray. Chris Aberray had put out there with uh, 15 different open gym style games to play five on five with. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let me see if any of mine come up on yours here. So, um, so the first one is, you know, playing five on five, uh, you've got to get to five or six, seven, whatever, uh, by ones and twos. Uh, but you only have five minutes. And so you play to, to let's say five or seven by ones and twos, or, you know, you're, you got to be done in four minutes or five minutes. And once that clock hit, let's say you get to that five minute mark, whoever's ahead after five minutes keeps the court and we bring in a new team. Uh, that's something that we've done quite a bit, uh, especially when you have about 15 kids. That's kind of the perfect way to do it. You know, okay, you go here and shoot and you wait to take the court. And, and I mean, you jump right into it. I mean, they, they win a game. All right, no rest for the weary. Uh, you start with the ball to start this next game, but we're starting this next game in 20 or 30 seconds or so uh, to, to force them, if they want to stay on the floor, uh, have them play when they're really, really tired. So uh, was that one on your list, Tony? Uh, it was more of a point guard college. They had like, uh, I don't know if you want to call them rules for pickup basketball 101, but what you're talking about, they mentioned right out, right out of the gate, play short games to increase the intensity. Yep. Okay. And uh, the one that I got from Chris Avery here is five on five, no dribble. And, you know, if you watch the NBA game, they want to try to dribble the air out of it. I love, you know, watching the Spurs with Pop because he has, you've got to make a decision really, really quick. And it's not a lot of these, you know, and one mixtape dribble contests. And so the five on five, no dribble, I thought was really kind of a creative one to teach kids to pass and move without the ball. Mm -hmm. Um, Got another one here. Uh, The Golden Scorer. Uh, basically you're, you're, you're kind of doing the same thing where you're playing the seven, let's say, but there's a golden scorer on each team and their baskets are worth twice as much. Um, so let's say you're playing the seven by ones and twos and they hit a two pointer. Uh, that's actually worth four. Um, so you're, you want to emphasize good shots, but let's say we're trying to get the ball to Jimmy or Mary here. Uh, that team knows that, Hey, uh, that that you know if if Jimmy or Mary scores for us that just gonna that's gonna make our job that much easier and you know it forces the other team to think okay hey we've got to take away Jimmy or Mary because we can't let them get going just like you would with a scout where hey you know number twelve from West High we can't let them get going here tonight so that's another one that we that I like to do from time to time I like that one uh, this is another one kind of along those same lines. Uh, it says it's a time game. They go by twos and threes, but it's an automatic game over if everyone on a team gets a bucket. So if all five players score, then the game is over. If that happens, you know, not to run into their timeout, it's just automatic game over if all five score. Mm-hmm. That was my next one on the list was uh, everyone has to score in order for you to win. Um, so you get down to that last 
point and you know Tom or or Susie hasn't scored yet and they got to get the ball to Tom or Susie and Tom or Susie's got to knock down that shot so uh, that takes the the ball out of the hands of the best player per se uh, from you know having that kid score four or five of your six baskets that you need or whatever the situation may be and it forces a much more even distribution of of the basketball and it forces kids to learn how to set up other players and how to get themselves open in order to get that easy basket that's necessary. So, what Another else you got? They have here that I liked. Uh, they had zone on makes and man on misses. If you're a, a coach that defensively you like to give the opposing team different looks, I thought that would be a good one. You know, because it's you know, you're working on both offense and defense on this one. It makes the offense recognize you know they're not in the same same defense all the time and it maybe knocks some of the rust off as they have to go back in mentally and remember some of the different offenses that they had to face you know different looks on the defensive end Mm -hmm. okay um here's another one make it take it so and you can do this when you're playing five on five still uh the the uh, the blue team comes down and they score the blue team takes it out of the basket and they turn around and go to the other end and they're looking to score on the other end as well. So the red team has to defend two possessions in a row, but they've got to go back and, and defend the other basket. So, you know, play to play to seven by ones and twos, but it's it's make it take it. And it forces that team, both teams, to think, okay, they score, we've got to get back. And again, it forces your kids to concentrate and causes a little chaos, but you want a little chaos during your open gyms there a little bit. And we've done that one before, and it takes a little bit for the kids to figure it out, but it kind of uh, helps separate your your strong basketball IQ players from kind of just your reactors because they realize, okay, A, we've either got to get back, or hey, we can get a cheap basket by getting out of the net quick because they're trying to figure out, okay, wait, am I on offense or I'm on defense or what am I doing here? Because the natural instinct, of course, is we're on offense after the other team scores. So I really like the make-it-take-it game. Mm-hmm. And this one uh, is kind of a similar version of that, but instead of going to the other end, you can go right back up with it. So say, you know, you okay. score a little layup there. If they're not going to still block you out or anything, you can grab the ball right away and go right back up with it. So that's a little bit of a different version of what you were talking about there. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, I've got one more five-on-five one here, Tony. Uh, okay. Have different areas of the floor worth different points. So in the modern world of analytics, and I got this from uh, Nick Nurse at Toronto. Uh, mm-hmm. It was, uh, you know, three-pointers, let's say, are worth three points. Just keep it simple. Threes are worth mm-hmm. threes. A make in the lane is worth three points. But anything in that mid-range area, if you're the coach that wants to emphasize uh, lane shots or three-point shots... Anything in that mid-range area is only worth one or two points, however you want to reward that. Or maybe you say three in the lane, four for threes, and two for the mid-range, or whatever scoring system that you want to have. Uh, but if you if you are that type of a coach, or if that's what you believe in philosophically, that you want to emphasize paint touches and scoring in the lane, or we're going to kick it out and we're going to shoot the three-point shot, that's a great way to, you know, not to say that, you know, mid-range, you know, we can't use that, but where you're really going to make your hay is either in the lane or on your catch-and-shoot threes. So that's another thing that you can think about doing in your open gym situations. 
Yeah, and be a great way, like you said, just to emphasize your style of play and what what shots you're emphasizing and, and your team is going to make sure that that's their, their emphasis and their focus. But like you said, the mid-range game's not dead, just isn't as high from an analytics standpoint as, you know, the three or, or a wide open layup. Absolutely. So uh, do you have any more five on five ones there? Mr. I do. Mills? I've got about 10 other ones okay. I'll share here with you real quick. Okay. Uh, they call it five on five hockey where the ball has to be dribbled across half court by the person who defensive rebounded it. Um, I thought that was kind of an interesting one. I, I was reading something about the Lakers. I think it was today, and they were talking about that that's going to be their philosophy. Yep. Whoever rebounds it and go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have another one called five-on-five run in action. So, again, it knocks some of the rust off of you know your offensive playbook and stuff like that. Uh, we do a version of this next one uh, during the season. It's called five-on-five rapid fire. Um we just start counting down from 24. We do the 24-second shot clock. Mm-hmm. And whenever they score, that's how many points they get. And okay. so they do one where it's a 10-second shot clock for open gym. Okay. And then I like this next one a lot, too. Five on five, everyone must touch the ball before you can score. Okay. Little little uh, Coach Norman Dale from Hoosiers. I was going to say, uh, we, could, we could call that one Hoosiers. Yeah, there you go. Um, five on five, post must touch before a shot can be attempted. Mm-hmm. Again, if you have a big kid and you need them to touch the ball, you know, just to get the defense to collapse a little bit, uh, that's a good one. And then they have another one. Uh, we can layup is worth three points. Mm-hmm. So kind of like you were talking about earlier, just, you know, making points, points for shots that are a little bit different. A long three is worth four points. Uh, so you have to put an X or whatever on the floor, uh, put it back probably three to five feet there. Um, this one says everyone must cross half court on defense before the offense scores. If not, the offense keeps the ball. And then you could also do it vice versa, where if every offensive player doesn't cross half court, the basket doesn't count. So I thought that was Mm -hmm. kind of an interesting one there too. Um, and then they did another one. You don't have to inbound the ball. So Uh you take it right out of the net and go. So you're emphasizing transition. Yeah. And then let's see, this last one here I thought was interesting. This is more of a defensive emphasis. Okay. Switch all screens on defense. If you don't, it's an automatic point for the offense. If you're not a big switch person, you could make it the opposite where every screen has to be fought through or automatic point for the offense. And so kind of like what you were talking about earlier, an emphasis on what type of shots you want for the offense by making them more points this puts your emphasis on defense, whether you're a switching team like the Golden State Warriors yep. or, you know, your screen is not an excuse team where you fight through everything. That also would be a way to kind of get that point across to them. Uh-huh. A pen and a napkin university videos are just another way that a pen and a napkin can help you become a better coach. Our university video library is constantly expanding with topics ranging from interviewing for a job to full court defense to 25 universal truths about coaching. Our university videos will help you round out your skill set as a coach and help you hone your craft. Videos are $10 a piece, with bundling options available. To order, you can DM me on Twitter, send me an email at apenandanapkin at gmail.com, or order from our website, apenandanapkin.com. Be sure to check out the Apenandanapkin video library. Very good, very good. Uh, Here is my favorite preseason scrimmage concept and the best way to do this is um if your if your court is a, is a little bit shorter 
this is probably the best way to do it. So, like, if you have an auxiliary gym that isn't mm-hmm. as big as your main gym, um, we call it queen of the court. You know, guys can call it king of the court. And uh, take your take your kids, divide them up into teams of three on three. Okay, you're gonna play. You're gonna play on the sides. You're gonna uh, so you're running the two side courts. You're playing mm-hmm. three on three, full court. And you only are allowed to dribble one time per touch. Okay? Okay. If you score, you win. And now what you can do is you can have a coach on either court. And after, if nobody scores in, let's say, four possessions, you're like, okay, whoever wins the next possession wins. And you, so even if they get a stop, they win, they win and they advance. Because so, you don't mm-hmm. want it to, you don't want it to, to, take too long you know so yep so three on three full court you uh one dribble per touch you score you win um and so let's say the the one court is the uh preliminary court you have to win on the preliminary court to get over to the queen's court okay Uh and so that's where the the queen's court that's where it's it's made at okay and you don't get credit for any wins unless you win on the Queen's Court. So you have to win a minimum of two games in a row before your team gets, and I'm using an air quote here, Tony, uh, okay. and a win, okay? And as long as you win on the Queen's Court, you stay on the Queen's Court, okay? And it's mm-hmm. the same rules, three on three, one dribble per touch, play in full court, um, you score, you win. If if you're the queens of the court, you get the ball to start it every single time. Uh, you you know whoever's coming over to the queen side of the court, they've got to get a stop in order to you know to get the ball and try to score. Um, and we'll do that for 25, 30 minutes, uh, rapid fire. And I mean, you'll get game, you'll get a rotation. Sometimes you'll get a rotation in in fifteen seconds, and they've got to jump over uh, to the next court. Um, but it it makes it highly competitive. It makes kids think. Uh, again, you don't you just don't get the uh, the kid that is just a dominant player and they're playing in space and they just get to win every single time. It forces them to think with the one dribble rule, um, and it, it's just a great conditioner because you're playing. You know you can't lollygag. There's no lollygagging in Queens of the Court there to quote Bull Durham. Uh, but we. We use that all the time in our preseason. Um, you know, we match up the teams kind of oddly. We try to sp- distribute our talent as evenly as we can to make the teams as even as we can uh, mm-hmm. to, to force our better players, raise up the level of maybe some of our perhaps lesser players. And it's competitive, you know, and, and our kids really, really like it. They, they, they know what queen of the court is, and they really, really enjoy playing it. And... Um, it's not your traditional five-on-five. Five. Uh, it, it forces them to think differently defensively as well. You know, I got to get into a lot bigger help because there's not five people out here. There's only three people covering the same area that it would normally take five people to cover. So uh, I highly encourage folks to use that one. It's been really, really successful for us. 
sounds like one that, you know, like you said, encompasses a lot of different, you know, strategy and conditioning and, and different things. And, and you put some thought behind it in terms of the way you put the teams together and stuff like that. Now, Marty, with, with your guys' rules for open gyms in the fall, what, what are those? I mean, you get so much time, you can open the gym up and they can shoot, but you can't do any coaching. What, what are some of the, the rules that you guys have in place? You can have a quote-unquote open gym scrimmage situation uh, for a, an hour a day. Um, and then you a, a coach can work with kids on fundamentals for uh, in groups of four or less. That's the sure. that's the rule. Um, so you know while they're scrimmaging, we can't coach them. We can we can say you know next basket wins or or whoever wins this possession, but we can't sit there and stop and say hey you got to come off this screen better or you've got to you know do this or that. Uh, it, it's it's very much hands off and. You know, I really like um, like the timed scrimmages uh, because you know then that really takes away any temptation. You just sit there with your with your cell phone running the clock, and you're like, mm-hmm. okay, hey, you know, four minutes are up or the five minutes are up. All right, next group in, uh, whoever won this, and you know, you you do that. So we're we're we can have them for an hour a day for scrimmage, and I think there might be a limit, like four days a week is I think what you're limited to. Um, and then you can work with kids individually, uh, in groups of four or less kids. So that's, that's what we have here in Nebraska. Now with your four or less kids, you know, how would you set something like that up? What what do you guys do there specifically? That you can coach it, that you can coach it. You could, you can do, Hey, we're going to work on this drill here. We're going to work on down screen, come off it be ready to catch and shoot. Uh, you could do those type of things in those groups of four or less. Uh, so that you can actually coach it out and work with them fundamentally. That, do you that, have like where you have four kids, it. okay, this is your time that you're coming in. Does your staff join you in, in doing that work? Um, you know, at at my old job where we had a bigger school and we had more kids that were uh, – you know, just a basketball kid basketball or only, yeah. yeah, basketball only, or maybe they didn't play in a fall sport. Um, I, I had a, a terrific assistant coach named Sarah Goodwin who would do uh, workouts with kids. And so I didn't do anything with them. I would help her schedule them, but I just basically turned it over to her and I just said, make them better. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't really give her a whole lot of direction because I didn't need to, because she did such a great job with the kids. Um, so, uh, that's kind of what we did there. In, in my new job, we have them for such a short amount of time before the season starts that we put more emphasis on stuff like queen of the court or these five-on-five situations. Uh, and plus, with the smaller school and the kids are spread out so much as it is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to find an extra hour or two a day to say, okay, you four come in here, you four come in there, uh, whatever the scenario may be. So what we have to do or what we try to do is, is, uh, we, you know, we just basically have to say you you need to get shots up on your own, you know, or, Mm -hmm. you know, we'll, we'll start with our breakfast school, you know, by the time people will have heard this, we'll have done a, a couple of days of our breakfast club, uh, thing. And that's kind of just what we have to do. And, and, it's not a as big a deal because 
everybody that we play is pretty much in the same situation, being a smaller school. You know, uh, most schools aren't going to have their top eight players be non uh, fall sport athletes. They're probably playing volleyball or, or uh, running cross country or, or playing softball or some combination of the three. So uh, I don't feel like we necessarily fall behind by doing things the way that we do it. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's just an adjustment being at a smaller school. Mm-hmm. And weren't you saying all but two of your kids do a fall sport? Yeah, yeah, all but two do a fall sport, um, and so uh, you know they'll they'll come in. Hopefully, they're getting some shots up on their own. Um, you know, we're uh, right now we're starting to do our youth basketball, so our gym time is really really precious, and it's mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to find that time. Uh, but, you know, I got kids in marching band before school or doing show choir stuff before school. I mean, so it's it's hard to find time to bring those kids in for those individual workouts. So we'll wait until, uh, you know, late October, uh, even if the, let's say, softball team is done this week. We'll, we'll give them a week or two off and let them recharge and, and, and re-motivate themselves. And, and then we'll hit it hard for about three weeks before the season starts with, you know, open gym scrimmages and try a lot of different things that we talked about here tonight and get them going. Now, are there many leagues around there, like five-on-five leagues where teams come together and play, you know, Sunday afternoons or Mm -hmm. evening or whatever the case may be? Yeah, it's there for, like, the bigger schools. You know, Bellevue Mm -hmm. East used to run one. Uh, Trying to think. Uh, Elkhorn South might run one. I could be wrong with that. Uh, So I know those are available, but, uh, again, with the with the size of our school uh and the you know i you know we talked about it last week i don't i don't want the the cross country coach uh coming up to me you know with you know their number one or number two runner rolls their ankle ankle. yeah and they're they're out for the conference meet because they're playing basketball when it's cross country season just like i don't want them rolling an ankle getting ready for track or you know whatever Mm -hmm. it may be in the spring so um we we just have to we just have to make do with with the situation that we have. It, of course, selfishly, would I like to do more? Absolutely. Uh, but like I said, most of the schools that we're going to play against, pretty much all the schools that we're going to play with, play against at our level, they're in the same situation that we are. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, like I said, there's there's no real feeling of oh my gosh, we're falling behind. Uh, I, I felt yep. that way at my old job if we didn't do that type of stuff. Uh, but but here it's it's you know. Everybody's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty well the same size, and and their kids are spread out and doing the same things that ours are. So, how yeah. about you guys? I mean, it's the resources that you have. You know, you yep. you do with what you have as far as the resources and stuff. Our guys played today. Uh, they went to Central Iowa and Ankeny, and I think they played Des Moines, Lincoln, and Newton, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so our guys played today. They'll play a couple more times uh, here in the fall. There's uh, some leagues and stuff. There's an AAU program called Team Iowa in our neck of the woods that holds like where they have enough for eight teams and they do a draft and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's another one, uh, game on 380 that does kind of a similar thing there as well. Yeah. Um, you know, and the other thing I was, I was remembering too, because our rules are a little bit different. Like we can have unlimited open gyms. We could have it forever, whatever length we want. But like you mentioned, you know, uh, one, uh, gym space is, is precious and right now our volleyball team's in the middle of their season yep. you know and different things so you, they, it's hard to get in there and get that time um, but at the same time our guys do a pretty good job throughout the day 
of getting in and, and doing some work on their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we couldn't coach them until the season would start. Yeah. And so fortunately for me, I had some dads that would come in and would run some skill stuff early. And then we would break up and do, you know, some of those games that we talked about a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. So it'd be about half skill work and then half would play so you have like 45 minutes of skill work 45 minutes of scrimmaging we have three courts going and uh so yeah it worked out worked out pretty slick you know you're just trying to get knock some rust off and and get you know ready for your season get a little bit of shape there but at the same time you know you have to be careful because like you mentioned you don't want to look the volleyball coach in the eye or the cross-country coach in the eye hey sorry about you know sally or jimmy uh they they rolled an ankle and they're going to be out for you know a few weeks and that could be their, their postseason. Yeah. And so, yeah, you just, you have to be, be careful and use your resources well. Yeah. And you know, and that's why I, I really like what we do with the breakfast club thing. Cause I mean, they're just standing and shooting the whole time. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, that's, that's, they're in the street clothes. They're standing and shooting. It's just a way to get some touches and, you know, we'll kind of work our way into it. You know, uh, we'll probably have about three weeks of our breakfast club. Uh, will the, where they will come in and shoot. And then, you know, about that time is when we'll start our open gyms and, and mm-hmm. doing that type of thing. So uh, we've got time. It's a long season. Uh, I want the kids to to peak uh, in late January and early February. That's, of course, when we want to be playing our best ball. And yep. and so I'm a little bit more willing. And I don't know if this is right or wrong. I mean, it you know, uh, but I'm a little bit more willing to start a little slower in order to keep them fresh for the grind of January and and try to keep them fresh going into that stretch run there. And, you know, we could be right, we could be wrong, but this is what we believe in, and this is, the, this is what we have to work with in our particular situation. And everybody's situation is different, so, but this is what we have to work with. Yeah, and I, I think the thing that you touched on that was key there is the fresh part of things, and that's both – you know, not just physically, it's also mentally. I mean, you want, when you get into those dog days of January, you know, the middle to, you know, the third, fourth week in there for them to still want to come to practice and be having fun and enjoy it so that they can, like you mentioned, play their best basketball at that time of the year. uh, You know, when, when the postseason starts and make that run that that everybody hopes that they can get on. Yeah. And, and, you know, I know last week we talked about like uh, coach McCowan does two a days. Um, I just, probably bigger than anything else. That's the reason why we don't do two a days is I just feel like if we're efficient enough in practice, if we coach them the way that we should, uh, we'll make up those reps by working hard and doing things. And I understand to a degree why coach McCowan does it. Like you said, you said, you, you said you'd probably have 70 to 90 kids out. Well, that's a lot of kids to look at. And, yep. and, and you kind of do want to eliminate some of those kids. I mean, that's the Machiavellian part of it. Like you said, this isn't rec league. This isn't for fun. This is, we're going to take this really, really seriously at a, at a 4A school. So I, I, I do get that in, in our situation, I would just assume, keep them fresh. Uh, I would rather bust their butts really hard that first week for two hours, two hours and 15 minutes, rather than bringing them in for an hour in the morning and then an hour, 45, two minutes that night. Um, I don't know, just that, that, that just makes sense for us. And yeah. yeah. And I, I think the big thing that you had, Marty, that you touched on, it's what you believe in. Yeah. And as a coach, I mean, that's, that's such a key thing. You have to have your, 
your bedrock, your foundation that you believe in. And, you know, part of your job as a salesman is to get your kids to buy into that. Yeah. You know, hey, this is the way we do it. We do breakfast club, you know, uh, we do, you know, open gym stuff. We play queen of the court. I mean, this is our identity. This is who we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if you get that, and, and more doesn't always mean better. Uh, a three-hour practice can be really, really counterproductive as opposed to uh, a really highly organized and intense 75 to 90-minute practice. Um, so I think that's something that you keep in mind. That's something you keep in mind with your preseason scrimmaging. Uh, we'll get a lot accomplished and we can talk a lot about what happened in a queen of the court situation and have a lot of teaching points after they're all done or you talk to the kid the next day into the hallway or something like that uh, rather than going through a two-hour open gym five-on-five we're playing to 11 and they're standing around forever that type of a thing Um, you know I I think you just have to be efficient you have to be smart Um, and, and again kind of come in get your work done and get the kids he- the heck out of there because at some point you're going to need you're going to need to force your kids to grind through something so save that bullet until you need it don't waste that bullet when you don't need to uh is is part of that philosophy as well there's going to come a point probably in the middle of January where I need to really get on their butts because we're not rebounding as well as we would like or we're not defending as well as we would like or we're turning the ball over too much so I'm going to keep that bullet in the gun, so to speak, for that grinder of a two-hour practice when they know that, okay, coach really got after us today. That was very unique to us, and we must have really screwed up for him to put us through something like that. And that catches their attention a heck of a lot more than that's what you do every single day. Because, again, I, I just think with the demands that kids have on them these days, and not to say that, again, you come in, you work really, really hard, you put in your time and practice, but it's up to you as a coach to be as organized as you can be, to be as efficient as you can be with your time, and get your stuff done, and your your kids will appreciate you doing that in 90 minutes in the middle of January most of the time than they will putzing around for two hours, and, and I, that's that's what I, and, and I think you you build that up by being really efficient with your scrimmaging in the preseason. You know, and I think, Bernie, you brought up two really good points. Uh, the one that I, I thought was really good was talking about, you know, knocking time off and doing that 90 minutes in January. You know, John Wooden, uh, who was a little bit successful coaching this game, did all right. Uh, one of the yeah. things that, that he talked about was he would knock 15 minutes off of practice every month. And so that was something as a, as a young coach that I read and I was like, Hey, if it was good enough for John Wooden, it's probably good enough for Tony this. <laughs> and so we did it. And I really think, you know, the kids that have played for us, I think that's one of the things they really appreciated was, hey, we're going to knock 15 minutes off. Now, we went two hours November, December, because we would yep. start in yep. the middle of November. Yep. And so we go two hours. Then once January rolled around, you want an hour and 45. Then you get into February, we're down to an hour and a half. And as you get towards the postseason, we might even knock that down to an hour and 15. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Coach Finley at Iowa State, who we both know and, and work camp for, that was kind of his philosophy too. Get in, go as hard as you can, and get out. Yep. Yeah. And, and then uh, I was oh, just going to say the other thing that I thought that you were really wise on with today's athlete. If you just yell, 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 all it becomes is noise to them, and they've mm-hmm. tuned you out. Mm-hmm. But if you are selective, it's much, much more effective. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and you know, 
like I, I was going to say, you know, that first month-ish, you know, we're going 2 to 215 just because... Yeah, we got to implement stuff. We've got to we've got to get touches. Uh, we don't we don't want to be concussing people in the fourth row with our passing, you know, type of thing. So it, when I say that, don't get me wrong, folks. Uh, we're we're gonna go two to two fifteen for the first uh, three or four weeks of the season, just because you know we have to. We do, you know. Uh, but you know, with our with our topic of the night, you know, you come in for. A, a, a good 45 minute to an hour scrimmage session and you're efficient and you do quick hitter games and you put an emphasis on uh, the importance of every single possession, you're going to get a lot better that way than you will with the old school, uh, let's play to 11 by ones and twos and everybody's sitting around waiting for this infernal game to get over with uh, because both teams are stuck at eight and they've been playing for 17 minutes and they're like, oh, geez. And then nobody's really getting anything done at that point. So um, anything else on this, Tony? No, I think we, we hit a lot of good topics there. Hopefully there were some nuggets that coaches were able to, to grab a hold of. Perfect. Perfect. Coaches, you know just as well as I do that we're always looking for new and different ways to motivate our players and programs. But sometimes it's hard to find that perfect source that we're looking for. Over the past 25 years, I've collected hundreds of handouts to help motivate my players and programs. And now I'd like to share some of my favorites with you. The A Pen and a Napkin 101 Best Handouts Booklet is now available to you for only $15. In this booklet, you'll find motivational material for all types of situations and individuals to help you communicate your values to your players and program. For ordering information, you can either DM me on Twitter or email me at a pen and a napkin at gmail.com for details. The time is coming again, Mr. Viss. It is trivia time. You got uh, last week's correct, little, little Sacramento Kings. Uh, the score is 4-2. to two. It is episode 7. It is question number seven. The proverbial ball is in your court, Mr. Viss. What trivia question do you have for me this week? All right. The U.S. women's national team okay. won the FIBA World Cup again. Mm-hmm. Here is the question. How many games, international games in a row, have they won? Well, I thought I saw on the scroll that this was their fourth straight FIBA championship. And they haven't lost in the Olympics since 96 or the the 92, uh, because it was kind of the 96 was the women's dream team. Oh, geez, Tony. Um, I know that team went like 52 and so, oh my gosh, I have no clue. Uh, 112. Is incorrect. Oh, geez. Uh, too high or you too won. low? You are too high. Too high. Um, s- 82. Incorrect. Too high. I got one left. Um, True. 64. Incorrect. The correct answer is 30. Oh, geez, um, I was way off. I'm trying to find the last one because I think they lost in 06 to Russia, Okay, if I remember correctly. But I'm trying to find I got the article up in front of me here. Um, 
but I am not finding the last loss. That was a tough one, man. You you you, you brought the heat this week, Tony. Here it is. It says the U.S. has dropped just one game in major international competition, World Cup or Olympic play since '94. The semifinals of the 2006 World Cup against Russia, winning 30 consecutive games since. Okay. Okay. So that 80 whatever number I threw out there, it, it's probably somewhere. And if you threw that one year where they they did all the scrimmaging in '96. It's probably around like that. They're probably like 112 and one, maybe oh, something, crazy. something yeah. around that. So, that'd be and they were talking good. about in this one how like there was a changing of the guard. No Tarasi, no yeah. Sue Bird. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. No Sylvia Fowles. No Tina Charles. No Brittany Griner. Yeah, obviously. And no so Griner, they yeah. thought, hey, this might be the time that they're a little bit susceptible and might go down. And then they said that they beat China in the gold medal. Uh, I want to say by 22, which was yeah. the largest win in the in the gold medal game. Yeah, I think I think it was like 83-61 was the final. Yeah. I did see that on the scroll. Yep. So, all right. Well, hey, four to three, Mister Viss, you brought the heat, my man. So, um, sporting event that you are looking forward to this week. I'll go first on this one this week, Tony. Uh, I am really, really excited. Uh, Tuesday night. It is our first NBA preseason basketball, and it is demented that I am excited about preseason NBA basketball, but I am a demented human being. So by the time you will have heard this, uh, you will have uh, the results of the Detroit at New York game and New Orleans at Chicago doubleheader on TNT will have happened. But uh, Tuesday night, TNT, and then Thursday night, there's an ESPN doubleheader as well. So uh, that's what I'm looking forward to this week. How about you, Tony? Uh, you know, we both know Jeff Steinis. And oh, yes. uh, he sent a tweet out earlier this week. Uh, Golden State, I'm trying to remember who they were playing over in, was it China? Washington. Or somewhere? I think they're in Japan or something like that. Yeah, I think it was Japan. They're playing in Washington one yeah. day. And he was up before school watching that. <laughs> I was like, oh, Jeff. But yeah, so like that, that you and him are, are two kindred spirits there. Yeah. Um, Back in the summer, during the SEC media days for football, uh, Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban got into it pretty pretty oh, hot. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They play this week. Yeah. And I'm a big Alabama fan, and so Will Anderson is probably my favorite player on the team. They said, you know, hey, you got coaches back? And he goes, yeah, of course I got coaches back. But I'm not going to sit here and talk about it. We'll find out on October 8th how much I have coaches back. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be in Tuscaloosa, 7 o'clock kick on CBS. So I will be tuned in. Very nice. Uh, I I did see that they were playing one another. A&M got upset by somebody this past weekend. Uh, Mississippi State. Got thumped pretty good, didn't they? Yeah. And then afterwards, the lady was interviewing Mike Leach and he was giving her wedding advice. I just, I love Mike Leach. <laughs> talk talk about a guy that could just get away with saying, not, not anything, but he's, he's, he's a very clever individual. How about that? So that is very true. That unique offense those guys run. He's one of the godfathers of that. You betcha. So, all right. Well, Hey, Tony, uh, great week this week. Uh, preseason scrimmage ideas, uh, like you said, I hope folks got some nuggets out of our conversation here tonight. And, you know, just uh, keep on keeping on over there in, in the in the CR area, my buddy. 
we'll do best of luck this week as you guys start the breakfast club and yeah. you know I'm, I'm jealous that you guys are getting to do that a little bit and season will be here before we know it we're already in october i know i told my wife uh uh, this weekend, actually, I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to feel the juice, starting to get a little excited here and got a, uh, got a couple projects that I want to finish up, uh, before we start really get into deep with our practice planning. Uh, I like to, uh, plan out all of my practices before our first game and, and they always change, especially once practices start and we're going to take this out, we're going to put this in or, you know, whatever it mm-hmm. may be. Uh, but I'll be starting that process around October 15th of, of starting to plan those practices. And, and it just feels good to get those juices flowing and, and get it going with, with, with our, with our kids here this year. So, all right, Tony. Well, Hey, great week, great discussion. Uh, hope folks enjoyed coaching staff episode number seven, a lot of preseason scrimmaging ideas that you can use with your teams as you're starting to get geared up before the start of your season. So coaches, as always, let's be sure to own our craft one day. <laughs>